All right, looks like we got ourselves another special edition of AJ Let's Talk Sports. What is going on Friday special? Yellow. Anyway, so we are going to do a little update on Tiger Woods' condition and how he got transferred today earlier. Uh, so has a little clip here. This is off of ESPN News Sources Services. Tiger Woods has been transferred to Cedars Sinai Medical Center in LA following a single vehicle crash Tuesday that left him with a serious leg injury. Dr. Anish Mahajan said Woods, he's 45, was moved from Harbor UCLA Medical Center, which is located about 18 miles south of downtown LA for continuing orthopedic care and recovery. So Woods was transferred on Wednesday night, to, uh, sources are saying. So on Tuesday, sustained, Woods sustained multiple open fractures to his lower right leg and had a rod placed in his tibia and screws and pins inserted in his foot and ankle during emergency surgery. So two separate sources told ESPN on Wednesday that Woods sustained an injury to his talus bone, which connects the uh, bottom of the lower leg to the top of the foot. The bone is a pivot point for motion, sources say blah, blah, blah. Harbor UCLA Medical Center is a level one trauma center, meaning it is qualified to provide the most comprehensive surgical and other care for stretch surgery. So Cedars-Sinai has renowned sports medicine institute that has catered to professional athletes and rehabilitation program for sports-related and orthopedic injuries. So the LA County Sheriff, uh, Alex Villanueva, said on Wednesday that his department would not file charges against Woods pertaining to the crash near the border of Rolling Hills Estates and Rancho Palos Verdes, about 30 miles south of downtown LA. So Villanueva said the department is considering an accident which could lead to a misdemeanor at most. He was not drunk, Villanueva said. He can throw that one out. So that's what he said. So Woods fellow golfers continue to react to the crash. Uh, Phil Mickelson, who said uh, the players understand and appreciate what he has meant to the game and of golf and for us in the PGA Tour. So just giving a little Tiger Woods update here, transferred to Cedar sinai Medical Center and prayers and thoughts to his family, his kids, obviously to him, hopefully a safe recovery and I I don't when I don't want to like start talking about him getting back on the golf course yet because obviously our number one concern is getting him healthy uh, getting some rehab going it's probably gonna be a long uh, rehab maybe six months or so especially you got a rod in your leg that's gonna suck so hopefully I've never had to go through any of that stuff just get him uh, healthy and ready to go I don't even know if he's going to go back playing golf. Who knows after this? Because he's had multiple back surgeries. Just had a back surgery, I think, what, a month ago or something um, to get him back in shape. Um, obviously, not going to be playing at Augusta. That's for sure. Um, so is is another like question, I don't even want to bring it up, but is his legacy done? Is Tiger Woods uh, done with golf? We might have to bring that into consideration as well. People aren't talking about then it might my colleagues and analysts at ESPN and stuff um, aren't going to talk about that. I know we want to talk about the recovery and we talk about, uh, you know, if he's going to be better, is he going to be 100%? We don't know. Is he done? We, we haven't brought that up yet. Is Tiger Woods done in golf? going to talk a little bit about baseball here. So going to the Atlanta Braves, I know my family loves the Atlanta Braves. I don't know why, but um, they extend a contract to the manager, Brian Snicker. 
So coming off a third straight NL East title and getting to within one uh, win of the spot in the World Series, the Atlanta Braves have extended the contract uh, to 2023. Extension announced Friday includes club option for 2024. Uh, 65-year-old Snitker took over the Braves on an interim basis in 2016 when the club was in the midst of a massive rebuilding job. After going 72-90 and 90 in his first full season, Atlanta won the first of its three straight division titles in 2018. It feels good, Snicker said after Friday's spring training workout in Northport, Florida. I'm not that... Uh, I'm not one that worries about that kind of thing, honestly. If this was going to be my last year or whatever, I would give it everything I got. But it's nice, obviously, that someone thinks enough of you to extend that kind of package. End quote. He has been with the Braves organization for 45 years as a player, coach, and manager, most in the minor leagues, after signing with the club as an undrafted free agent in 1977. Back in 1977. So he's now the fourth oldest manager in the majors uh, behind Tony La Russa of the Chicago White Sox, Houston's Dusty Baker, and Joe Madden of the L.A. Angels. Despite the age gap leading one of baseball's most exciting young rosters, a group that includes 20-somethings, Acuna Jr., Albies, and Soroka, Sicker has me- uh, meshed well with his players while adapting to the analytics-driven style pushed by general manager Alex Anthopoulos. So... Uh, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, so Atlanta extending to Snitker, and then they, I didn't even know they had three NL uh, straight uh, titles there. That's pretty good. I don't like Atlanta, so I don't really follow them. But hey, this is top headlines throughout the uh, world of sports. And if you didn't know, now you know. And that's about it. <laughs> So we're going to take a look at basketball now because uh, I don't really talk about basketball that much, but we're going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Malik Beasley suspended 12 games after a guilty plea. Let's talk more about this. Tim Bontemps from ESPN wrote this a little bit ago. Uh, so the Minnesota Timberwolves guard Malik Beasley has been suspended for 12 games without pay in the wake of pleading guilty to a felony count of threats of violence as a result of an incident in September the NBA said Thursday, uh, quote, as an organization, we fully support today's decision by the NBA. Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Roses, said in a statement issued shortly after the suspension was announced. As we work together with Malik to advance his development as a player and a person, we look forward to seeing his growth. End quote. Beasley's suspension will begin Saturday when the Timberwolves are in Washington to play the Wizards. He will be eligible to return to the court on March 27th when Minnesota hosts the Rockets. The suspension will cost the guard $1.1 million. Beasley agreed to a plea deal with prosecutors early this month that saw felony drug charges against him get dropped in exchange for a guilty plea. So as a result, Beasley was sentenced to 120 days in jail. Nice. Uh, three days is, two enough, is, is three too much for me. but Which could be served either in the county workhouse or in home confinement after the NBA season is over. Pfft, what a joke. 120 days. That's not, you, know, you might as well not even say 120 days in jail. You're in 120 days house arrests. In a statement obtained by Schlobbeck last September, the Plymouth Police Department said officers were called to Beasley's residence on a reported weapons offense. The reporting individuals told officers they had stopped their car in front of the house and a suspect walked up to the vehicle, 
tapped on a vehicle window, pointed a gun at them, and advised them to get off the property. Uh, here is a quote. As the victims drove away, the suspect was observed holding the gun up to his shoulder, pointing it at their vehicle, the police uh, statement said. Officers set up a perimeter to lo locate the individual and detected a strong odor of marijuana, according to the statement. A vehicle attempted to leave the property and was stopped by police. Three people in the car were detained and later released. A man who identified himself as the homeowner was outside and yelling at the officers. Anybody else would have got probably four years in prison. So Bezos traded to Minnesota last February and signed a four-year, $60 million contract with the Timberwolves in offseason. He has been one of the few bright spots of an otherwise awful season for the Minnesota. Averaging 20.5 points per game, 40% from the three-point range. That's pretty good. But you're gone. If it, if it was anybody, I hate when uh, all these players and NBA players and whatever professional athletes get slap on the wrist when they do something like this. Because if it was anybody else that was a regular uh, citizen like you and me, that's uh, prison time. Thank you very much. Just wanted to let everybody know that. Uh, just real quick, I would like to talk about the Ohio State versus Iowa game. Uh, Big Ten tournaments coming up here soon in the next couple weeks. And um, Ohio State's on a two-loss losing streak uh, against Michigan and Michigan State. As of right now, I do not like the state of Michigan because I, I never did, really. I like visiting there, and I liked going back, uh, back when I was a kid in younger years, junior high or so, 14 years old, going to Lake Lapeer out in Flint, Michigan, with the family, aunt and uncle that lived there on the lake. That was freaking sweet. Missed those days. Um, but anyway, so Ohio State and Iowa. That's uh, on the 28th, February 28th. Uh, Central time is 3 o'clock, so it'd be, what, 2? Oh, shoot, I don't know. 4 o'clock on Eastern time. Uh, it's going to be a pretty close game, it looks like, that they're talking, the GameCast matchup predictor is talking about. I want to see the season leaders in points. Luke Garza for Iowa, the center, 24.3 points a game, 54.8 field goal percentage, and 70.7 free throw percentage. Let's look at EJ Liddell. He's a forward, 16 points a game, 49.4 field goal percentage, and 76.9% free throw. So Luke Garza looking really good from Iowa. Look at that, 24.3 points per game. That's pretty sweet. Season leaders. Here we go. Let's look at the rebounds. Garza, 8.3 rebounds per game, uh, 5 defensive rebounds, and 2 offensive rebounds. EJ Liddell, 6.8 rebounds per game, 5 defensive rebounds, and 1.7 offense. So Luke Garza and EJ Liddell are going to have a nice little matchup together on the 28th here. So let's look at the assists. Jordan Bohannon, 4.5 assists. CJ Walker, 4.3. So that's kind of um, close. But Luke Garza looking in the matchup here, according to the stats, is a better player than EJ Liddell. So I'd like to see how that matchup goes in the paint. So here we go. The team stats, points per game, 85.2 to 78. So Iowa high-powering offense. Uh, let's see, points against 73, 73 to 69. So the Ohio State's defense looks a little bit better. But again, oh man, that just stinks that Ohio State has lost the last two against Michigan Michigan State. Um, and it's going to be, it looks like, Value City Arena in Columbus. So it's going to be a home game for the Buckeyes. Hopefully, 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 we get that uh, win because we really, Ohio State really needs it. 
Really needs that win. See, we want to move up in the NCAA March Madness brackets and stay at that one spot. But if we lose another one, I'm afraid we are not going to have it. So, and again, Young was suspended for that, or hurt for that one game because of that concussion, not suspended. But hopefully he comes back. No news of that yet. Not that not on my calendar or anything yet. So I would love to get Kyle Young back in it and see how they do with a full full staff for Ohio State against Iowa. So it's number four versus number nine. That's on CBS. So look at the drop. Real excited. All right, finishing out the podcast today, I might do another one later. This is more like an afternoon podcast that I'm dropping. Also, I would like to do a little promotion, if I may, and if you are listening, hopefully, I'm going to promote the show. I'm doing a YouTube live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. So I just want to let you guys all know that. So tune into that, and hopefully I get a lot of comments and people watching live. Uh, again, that's going to be a uh, everything's in limbo for me right now here in Madison, Wisconsin, working part-time and uh, trying to get a full-time job getting back to Dayton, Ohio. I'm definitely going to be moving back here in the next couple months. But I would like to get some shows in and stay fresh as I do so. Uh, we're on Fox Sports, uh, the five best NCAA double tournament title bets, excuse me, other than Gonzaga or Baylor. This is written by Jason McIntyre, Fox Sports betting analyst. What's going on? Big boy, Jason McIntyre. So again, I like to promote my show again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. All right. So we're less than three weeks away from the start of the NCAA tournament. And while everyone is expected undefeated Gonzaga and Baylor to waltz through the title, history tells us that won't happen. So the last time a number one overall seed won the NCAA tournament was Louisville back in 2013. In fact, those Peyton, Siva, whatever, Cardinals were the last number one overall seed to even get to the title game. It's called March Madness for a reason. Outside of Gonzaga and Baylor, here are five teams you'll want to consider betting on to cut down the nets in Indianapolis on April 5th. So, Michigan, obviously, uh, there is, plus 650. Now, let me um, go ahead and must confess, again, I'm not a big betting guy. I usually just do the favorites and over-under on uh, football games, but we're going to be talking about the NCAA. Michigan is a widely considered best team in the country, not named Gonzaga or Baylor. The Wolverines are 16-1, with a lone blip being a random 75-57 loss to Minnesota in mid-January. They were without senior guard Eli Brooks, a two-year starter, who is their best perimeter defender and handles backup point guard duties. So Fox College Hoops on Twitter, the Wolverines are here to stay. I'm not a Michigan Wolverine fan, but Michigan uh, picks up their second straight top 10 win after a dominant performance against number nine, Iowa. The Wolverines are 13-4 against the spread, 76.5% of one of the best post players in the country, Hunter Dickinson, seven foot one throwback who's skilled post uh, moveser, uh Kevin McHale. He looks like Kevin McHale. So Michigan is an offensive machine ranking 16th in three-point efficiency and 15th in two-point efficiency. Everyone knows guard rule and the guards rule in March and the senior tandem Brooks and Smith are perhaps the best duo in the Big Ten. All right, let's go to the next team, Illinois. Um, as you notice, these are some Big Ten teams. Big Ten teams. All right, the top two, uh, Illinois are Big Ten. The top two that we're talking about other than, you know, Baylor 
and uh, Gonzaga. Illinois is a plus 1,700. Illini and I have one of the best one-two punches in the country, All-American AO Dawson Moo, seven-footer Kofi Cockburn. The problem, what happens when both are having a, an off night, that's what hurts Illinois, 82-69 loss to Baylor in December, a game that was nip and tuck for the first 27 minutes. Fox College Hoops off Twitter, who's cutting onions? Uh, such and such celebrates in what is likely his last home game for the Illini. So, Junior A.O. Dasanu honored at Illinois Senior Night. So, forward Georgie Bazanishvili can return to the dominant player he had. He was as a freshman in 2018-2019. He had uh, two, 12.5 points per game, 54% field goal percentage. I like the Illini chances. So, that's what he's talking about. And then he got Alabama, which I don't even care for at all. They're a plus 1,700. Yes, a football school has a great chance of making its first trip to the Final Four. The Tide made the Elite Eight in 2004 behind Kennedy Winston. Uh, that's a long time ago, 2004. That was a year after I graduated high school. So, Fox College Hoops Twitter. Alabama, best team in the SEC. Nobody had that in the preseason, maybe outside of Tuscaloosa. Andy Katz gives some props to the Crimson Tide in this week's tier rankings. So, January 21st, college basketball tier rankings. So, that was back in the day, or... Just a little bit ago. But this version of Alabama's offense is prone to struggles, held to 66 points or fewer. They're 0 and 5, and they're just 145th in the country in two point focal up shooting. <laughs> that sucks. West Virginia's up there. Got to give Bob Huggins, the former Cincinnati Wildcat coach. West Virginia's a plus 2,000. Few teams can say that they stood toe to toe with Gonzaga, but in early December, West Virginia used its size and strength to nearly upset the number one team in the country. West Virginia led by two with 640 left before caving late. But um, here's here's Fox College saying he, he's sitting on a uh, zero-turn tractor there. Protect Bob Hovens at all costs <laughs> on a Twitter page there. It's pretty cool. But that was back in November. That was a, this is a picture of November 27th. This is last year. So it should be noted that was the game Gonzaga star Jalen Suggs left briefly due to an injury, but he did return to place 26 minutes. West Virginia also uh, burly... Uh, Oscar Shibway, 14 points and 9 rebounds, and he has since transferred to Kentucky. But West Virginia's issues are on offense, 289th in the country in two-point field goal percentage. Got to get that better there, Huggins. Jeez, that sucks. And they're spotted on defense, 67th in the country. But Bob Huggins is a great coach with an accomplishment to other coaches on this list can claim two trips to the Final Four back in 1992. In 2010, great coach back in Cincinnati uh, for Cincinnati. I'll just let you know that. But the Bearcats, but like to see uh, West Virginia do it. Obviously, if you know me, West Virginia is where my whole mother's side is from. Hello, everybody. Hello, Grandma. Hello, Grandpa. Hello, cousins. Yo, what up, cousins? I would like to see West Virginia go in at least Sweet 16. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe it would play Ohio State in West Virginia. And the Sweet 16 uh, depends on where they put us in the region. But like to see West Virginia go. I, I would love, I'll tell you a matchup that I'd like to really see is Ohio State-Michigan. What, in a, in a Final Four, perhaps the Elite Eight, something like that. Again, it depends on where we're seated in the region. But I would like to see that happen. But there's your top um, uh, kind of underdogs, if you will, outside of Baylor and Gonzaga. So my pick would be West Virginia. Alabama get out of there. I don't like I hope Alabama loses in the first round. Buff. <laughs>